Thus in from the book of Isaiah, thus says the Lord God, When you shall call and the Lord will answer, you shall cry and he will say, Here I am. If you take away from the midst of you the yoke, the pointing of the finger, and speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry, and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness, and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually, and satisfy your desire with good things, and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters fail not. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways, or seeking your own pleasure, or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride upon the heights of the earth, and will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Continuation of the Holy Gospel according to Mark. At that time when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night he came to them, walking on the sea. He meant to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost, and cried out. For they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, have no fear. And then he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astonished, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. And when they had crossed over, they came to land at Genezareth and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him, and ran about the whole neighborhood and began to bring sick people on pallets, to any place where they heard he was. And wherever he came, in villages, cities, or country, they laid sick in the marketplaces, and besought him that they may touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. The saving words of the gospel. Oh, well, well, there's so many things here. First of all, we are in our spiritual pilgrimage around the stations of Rome. Uh, today we've gone to the Church of San Agostino. If you look at your missiles, it'll, the station will say Ad Trifonem, instead of San Agostino in Trifonem, or Sanctum Agostinum on Trifonem. Uh, it says Ad Trifonem. Well, the fact is that there was a little church that was the station, and then it got overwhelmed by the Church of St. Augustine. And the relics of St. Trifo and a couple of the other ones were transferred into St. Augustine, but it kept the name, uh, Ad Trifonem. And the Colic Church is at San Lorenzo in Lucina. And, um, and that's, not a, that's not just a, a detail in this, because that's where the, the grate upon which uh, he was burned, St. Lawrence's burn was, was kept. And people would go there, and if they could only touch it, if they could only touch it, they could be healed. And in fact, many, many, many miracles happened there in the ancient church. And so I think that's one of the reasons why they include this part of the reading from Mark when the Lord goes to Genezaret. That and the fact that the, immediately the people recognized him. And there's a, there's a point about that. 
Now, this account in Mark has a pair has two parallels to two of the Gospels. It's not in Luke, but it is in Matthew, and it is in John. And you know what is our context here? Um, they had just been they had been on land, and the Lord had just performed a great miracle of the feeding of the five thousand with five loaves and two fishes. And then the Lord goes off to pray. And so the disciples set off across the Sea of Galilee, which is about seven miles across, and leave the Lord behind. You know, you can almost hear going, you know, Lord, aren't you coming with us? No, I want to go pray. But you go on ahead of me and I'll join you. Well, how's he going to do that? But, you know, he said, go ahead. So they went ahead. So they're out there in the sea. And, the, and now these are professional fishermen, right? These are professional boat handlers. And they're out there, and it says that they were pulling against the wind. They had a contrary wind, and so they're all they're trying to row. And they're not making very good headway. They're making they're making terrible headway, as a matter of fact, and they're having a very hard time. And so it must have been pretty rough out there. And it was night. It was dark. And so what happens is the gospel passage today in Mark says, the Lord saw that they were having a problem. Well, where did he see this? Well, he saw it from the shore. Well, how did he see it from the shore? If they're way out in the middle of the, if they're miles out onto the, the middle of the sea. Well, Jesus is God. So anyway, he, what did he do? He decided to walk out there and walk across. And uh, uh, out on this, this terribly choppy water at night and the winds howling and so forth. And he's going to pass them by, it says here. <clears throat> and um, he meant to pass them by. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. And so what is his, what is his answer? You know, and whenever there is a theophany, a, a manifestation of divinity, one of the things that, or like an angel comes, uh, <laughs> people are terrified. What, is the, what do they usually say? Don't be afraid, right? Fear not. And that's exactly what happens here. Don't be afraid. Take heart. It is I. Now, that, that it is I is a little deceptive because in the Greek it says ego eimi. I am. Which, of course, you recognize immediately as the, the way God calls himself when he's revealing himself to others, for example, um, to Moses in the burning bush, right? What name shall I tell them you you, know, you have? And it says, I am. Tell them, I am sent you. And then there are various points at which the Lord himself says, I am. Ego, Amy. Um, for example, before Abraham was, Ego, Amy. I am. In John 8. Uh, so uh, this, is a, this is an important detail. And then what happens? Just like at the creation, when everything with the waters and so forth were you know calmed well what happens is that the lord calms the water he gets into the boat and the waters are calm so this is a this is a manifestation that he is not just messiah he is uh, he is the he is divine as well it's a, this is a, a theophany now the account in matthew has uh, something that the that mark does not have and I think it's fair to bring Matthew in because it is the same, it's the same event, but it has a little more information in it. So the Matthew account then has Peter 
walking on the water. So Peter goes out there. And Matthew said, he says, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come to you on the water. You know, and Peter's impetuous Peter, right? And another time he says, I'll go to Jerusalem with you. I will die for you. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he does, he makes these extravagant statements. But this time, you know, he gets out of the boat, he actually does it. And then finally he looks around and he sees the wind of the water and he begins to be afraid. And he says, Lord, save me. And they got into the boat and the wind stopped and everything became calm. And the, in Matthew it says that those in the boat worshipped him. And the Greek verb there is proskineo, uh, I think. Proskineo um, is the verb that he used. They prostrated themselves, which is what you only do before God. So, um, once again, this is a, uh, an affirmation of the, the divinity of the Lord. Now, it's interesting that in this, in the Markin, uh, in the Markin uh, uh, Gospel uh, account of this, uh, they, when they first saw him walking on, on the water, you know, you don't expect him to be out there. So they see this thing, this figure walking on the water, and they thought it was a ghost. They did not recognize him. The privileged disciples who were with him all the time did not recognize him. But what happens when they get to the shore? As soon as they get to the shore, the account says the people immediately recognized him and then ran about the whole neighborhood and began to bring the sick people out. And anyone who got so close as even to touch the hem of his garment uh, were healed. You know, imagine that. Um, it could have been a little chaotic around him, too. Imagine all the jostling of the people. But in, in any way, in any event, uh, the people who, who just touched the hem of his garment were healed. Such is the great healing power for us in all of the aspects of our lives of contact with the Lord. And there are so many ways that we can have contact with the Lord. The Lord is with us of course, in a preeminent way in the Eucharist and in the celebration of Holy Mass. Uh, he is with us in the person of the priest because he's altered Christus. He is with us also in the word, reading of the Word. And you can read, you can pick up Scripture, and you can read it, and even gain an indulgence from it every day. And it has healing power just to touch the hem of his cloak, just to touch the hem of his garment. You're touching the hem of his garment when you're reading Scripture. Every word is Christ speaking. In the person of the poor, Christ is in the person of the poor. Works of charity, uh, works of mercy toward the poor are a way of touching the garment of the Lord. So many different ways. You know, we don't have to have him physically with us. You know, this is one of the things that the Lord was trying to teach the disciples after the resurrection, but before the ascension. You're going to have to get to know me and have contact with me in a different way now. It's one of the reasons why he says to Mary Magdalene, don't hang on to me. It's why he disappears uh, to the disciples at Emmaus after breaking the bread. You're going to have to, you're going to have to have a new way of, of being in contact with me. And all these different ways are being given to us constantly if we only will take advantage of them. 
Now, getting back to this issue, the, the disciples didn't recognize him at first, but the people on shore did. And I just wonder sometimes um, about the times when we do look for contact with the Lord. When we are in need, we tend to reach out to the, the, the Him. We, we, do, we do recognize the, the, his, the need for Him. And when we are in a comfort zone, we don't so much. And here, you know, even though it was a, it was rough going, these guys were professional fishermen out there, and the apostles are with the Lord all the time, and so they're probably in some kind of comfort zone with them, even though they're probably, they're, they're obviously still puzzled about how the Lord fed the 5,000 with five, five loaves and two fish. Even it says in here, their, their hearts were hardened. It doesn't say, it, it doesn't say hearts are hardened in the Latin. It says their hearts were kind of blinded. Oh, Chicago, it says. So, when we are in need, contrasted with when we are in a comfort zone, uh, we, we have a different urgency to looking for ways to touch the hem of the Lord's garment. So, the purpose of Lent is really to distress ourselves a bit, to get out of our comfort zone. Get out of our comfort zone and make sure that we're reaching out with both hands to the hem of that healing power which comes from him and him alone. Dominus obiso, oremus. Domini, vidi, 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 vidi,